You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, once again to the Oz Network as we come to you for another Third Watch recap episode. We are moving through the sixth and final season swimmingly. We're up to the ninth episode entitled Sins of the Father. It was written by Siobhan Byrne O'Connor, directed by Rosemary Rodriguez, first aired on the 19th of November 2004. And, well, this episode is meh. And to prove the mehness of the episode, the only quote that I have for this episode is, my name is Ben, and how's your mum? Well, she's pretty good, Ben. Thanks for asking. In fact, she's in the living room watching you on Netflix right now. Not you, Whoa. not you, but you know what I mean. The TV show, <laughs> right? The TV I show. Like, I don't know. I was on Netflix, <laughs> but cool. All right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately for you, you're not that famous yet. But anyway, my name's Darvell, and what am I running here? A nursery? Yes, you are. Um, just thought I'd update you with that. Um. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where it's kind of pretty bad. And I think we're going to get this for at least the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to get a fantastic episode in about three weeks' time. Um, oh, yeah. And it's it's definitely one of these ones where I feel like... Uh, when we put a 30-minute limit on one of our episodes. You think we can do that again? I feel like we can do that again <laughs> this episode. Yeah, yeah I, I think we can. I think we can do that for this episode and the next one. All right, cool. Well, we've wasted 80 seconds already. So, uh, boom, let's get into our 30-minute recap of Third Watch, Sins of the Father. All right, so... Um, Davis is running because he's getting fit or something. I don't know. He's training for a marathon. Um, and he's hearing all these flashbacks of past conversations when it goes to his dad. So, I mean, we really should point out that kind of, as much as the next two episodes are bad, it's sort of all leading us into uh, the crescendo with this storyline with Davis's dad. The one storyline which I think is like it's a good one that they've revisited and kind of concludes, I guess, this first half of this season, so to speak, when yeah. you know, we've kind of got all of Davis's dad and then the second half is going to be, you know, taking us to the end of the uh, the show. But uh, Davis shows up to his apartment. There's a envelope on his front door. It's uh, from IAB. It's got internal affairs, confidential on it. Um I don't know if this is a different apartment, because I swear to remember when Davis and um, Carlos had their apartment that they kind of had this opening section, like almost like a foyer area, where they um, they would talk to people. I don't know. It just it looks different to me, but maybe it's just a separate section we haven't seen before. Uh, so, yes, cool. Maybe. Davis has got some evidence. But then we get a good bit of this episode, because uh, Jokas is here to see Bosco. Remember, Bosco's awake, and here he is laying in bed, and... Um, this, I, look, any scene between... It is a good moment. It is a good moment, but it feels a little bit odd. Like, I don't know if it's just because we haven't had much of these two in a while and kind of it's in weird circumstances, but I don't know, maybe it's just the writing is really bad here. I'm not too sure, but it just, it doesn't have the same level of connection and charisma that these two usually have. Um, I don't know if you Well, considering on one of them's on, one, considering one of them's on a ventilator, they can't exactly banter back and forth yeah i know that but like it's i don't know it's, it's hard to explain what i mean um it just doesn't feel the same okay but, actually no he's not on a ventilator because he can talk never mind well yeah because he kind of like you, you think he can't talk because he kind of i like the opening bit where uh Jokic is like how's your mom and he kind of like gestures with his hand like an up and down like you know blah 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 motion <laughs> like talk 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 um so like initially you kind of think he can't talk but um, then this is where she's obviously updating him that Fred's suing for custody and that, um, you know, she doesn't know whether Charlie or uh, Emily will live with her. And this is where, you know, it's a, it's a sweet little bit, which is like, I miss you, Bosco. You know, I forget how many personal things I tell you. But I don't know. I just, I just, I don't and, know why I feel does, odd in this scene. 
Yeah, and and he does, and he does. Wait, is is it in this? Yeah, it's in this episode. This episode where where when she mentions where she mentions Fred, and he goes and he goes jack off. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, he's he's talking. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, but I mean, yeah, we kind of get a few episodes of Bosco just in hospital, really, in the next couple of weeks before we uh, get a really great moment when he does leave the hospital. Oh um, yeah, I love that moment. Yeah, top five moment. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent agree. Uh, Davis, meanwhile, seeing Sully, um, showing off uh, a photo, um, and then basically he's going through all this evidence about the apartment was rented, um, that the guy who killed his father was, you know, connected to an NYPD officer, and then this is where Davis essentially just goes off at Sully, like maybe you were dirty too, you're a coward, you said it was for my family, you're trying to pin it on there, and, and Sully just doesn't really say anything here, he just kind of sits in complete shock. Um, again, for a bad episode, we've kind of got some good scenes at the beginning here to sort of set us up, don't we? Yeah, we do. I mean, it's for good. this particular storyline. Yeah, well, I think kind of just like the the Kobe Bell acting here is really good, and even the skip start of just kind of sitting there silent. Um, and I mean, it's really been a while since we've had a strong Kobe Bell storyline, hasn't it? I mean, gosh, it really has. I mean, last year, what did he? Last season, what did he really do? He had the moment with Taylor at the funeral. That was about it. Um, Season four, obviously, had the stuff around Sully's drinking. Season three, he got shot. But, I mean, I would have to go back to, like, season two when he found out about his, um, you know, his dad having a separate family. We really had, like, a complete, fully starring role of Davis, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it's it feels odd to think, but, like, I mean, it's not like he's not there. It's not like he was Jimmy or Taylor in, like, season four and just completely invisible. He's still there. He still has storylines. It just... I don't know, like, it feels like we're finally getting something really strong with him along this way. Um, yeah. Which, which, you know, I appreciate, um, of course, because we like Davis, we like Kobe Bell. Um, yeah, we do, we do. So, anyway, we had the credits. What I might do with the Yoka storyline is I might just gel over that, because it's kind of just your cop serial show murder of the week, criminal minds. Like, there's nothing really here that connects us to anything um so if you don't mind darvel to keep this under 30 minutes i'm just gonna yeah. gel all over the the yoga stuff completely so there's a body in the park they're found it's a girl she's been murdered sally's been a bit of a dick to Yokus about this whole situation so you know um yep that's interesting uh they're gonna find out that this girl uh she's um she, so she's muslim is she not we don't know whereabouts she's actually yes. from so they yeah, go. Yeah, she is. She she is Muslim. She she practices Islam. Yes, yeah, she does. So um, they go and tell the uh, parents. They obviously act pretty sad because, like again, Yokus is new to the job as a detective, but she showed up to the front door of this daughter's parents' house with a backpack which has blood on it, and he's just standing there with a bloody backpack. Like, I'm here to talk about your daughter. Like, he's, you know, you're not going to show up to an apartment where somebody's been murdered and be like, here's, like, a, you know, a knife covered in blood. Like, I, I don't know how you, you show up to a doorstep with that. Um, I don't either. So, uh, our next bit, we've got uh, the dad 
in this episode, we're going to meet him, of course, and, uh, you know, she's saying that they need to have an autopsy, and she's saying, no autopsy, it's our religion. Um, and then Yokus tries to connect with the dad, you know, I have a daughter about your age, and he's kind of like, well, your daughter isn't dead, so you can't really, um, you know, connect with me with that. He says that she had no boyfriend. Uh, she asks, do you have any enemies? And it's like, whoa, she's a Muslim in America. Everyone is our enemy. Um, which, well, he, let, let me, he does have a point. Well, yeah, I he think does have a point. We're there. still, I mean, I'm not saying today has changed much because obviously we still have, there's still issues, but I mean, I guess we're kind of only a few years removed from 9 11. So this was a bit more heated, I guess, at this period. And an NYC, time. no less. Yeah, and also, obviously, what the, the war in Afghanistan and Iraq was still kind of going on. I mean, again, it's still going on. <laughs> Things haven't changed much in uh, 15 years, people, but like, the thing is, obviously. It was a lit, as you said, particularly in New York City, very much heated. Um, so we've got that. They're setting all that up and, uh, you know, what's going to do. But we're going to find out that she did have a boyfriend because at the uh, autopsy, we find out that she's pregnant. Um, so, yeah. And then we've got this weird, um, I guess, coroner lady. I don't know if they were trying to set her up as, like, a new character. Because, you know, like, in Criminal Minds, how you've always got the quirky coroner. Like, there's always somebody there working, you know, CSI shows. All these shows have the quirky coroner. Um, and she's kind of, you know, she's got a bit of personality about her. You know, she's a bit quirky. She even kind of questioned Jokus. Like, the way Jokus says, like, oh, did she suffer? And he, she's kind of like, oh, no one ever asked me that before. Um, so I feel they're trying to set something up here, but they just never fully explored it. Like, I don't know if you kind of get that feeling that they're trying to set something up here. No, not really. To tell you the truth, I I wasn't really paying too much attention to the corner, although that, that was a rather odd line from her. I mean, it's, I don't know, like, it just feels like they're trying to, and then they just kind of went away from it. But, uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Like how they got that quirky coroner in these type of shows in the 2000s? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, some of them were some of them were pretty good, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So they go yeah. back to the uh, the house, and we find out that the quarterback, the boyfriend, is upstairs, um, and that we don't like um, quarterbacks. Apparently, there's a conversation around everyone not liking quarterbacks. Um, so this guy is in being questioned by Yokus and Jelly. Uh, the dad, there's always an asshole dad somewhere around the corner, isn't there? And he's all like, you don't understand this. Yeah. Uh, especially a, especially a football dad. And he's a bit I'm of a racist say it right too. Now, especially a football dad. Yeah. And he's a bit of a racist, a little bit implied of racism there when they turn around and say like, she's not American. And he's like, she wasn't American. Um, so it's like, who cares if she wasn't American? Like, God damn it. So, um, He's obviously trying to pin the blame on the dad, said that, uh, you know, he would kill her should, uh, you know, she get pregnant because he knew that she was pregnant. So, you know, let's uh, let's set up this storyline. And then we kind of go into, this is what I just don't like. This one thing I really don't like about this episode, because all of a sudden we get into this whole storyline of honor killings. And I've got to say that, like... You, which are which are a thing. you Absolutely a thing. But, like... I'm going to pull myself up because you pulled me up on this last week. Obviously, I said that Yokus has been racist. She's not. She's been prejudiced is the word. Um, Because essentially, she comes along here. um, She hears one thing from a guy who says that he's going to kill the daughter, to which that leads her down a garden path of, hey, let's look up to what the Muslims do to women and everything along those lines. Which, again, as you said, it is a thing. This happens. But to me, like, this whole episode just borders on Yokus's just, I guess... 
judging to a conclusion, jumping to a conclusion straight away because this person happens to be Muslim and one person said something. So I just, I question the whole logic around Jokas's, uh, you know, accusations in this episode because she really doesn't have much to go on, does she? You know, I'm honestly torn there. Tell me, explain. Why are you torn? Why are you okay. Natalie and Brulia right now? Who? That's a, a joke about a song. I'll explain after. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm certainly not going to say that every single person who pre- who who practices Islam supports honor killings. But like I like I said, they are a thing. They do happen. The dad does kind of give off a vibe of being very strict doesn't want probably wouldn't want his daughter to uh to to be to be seeing to be seeing any to be seeing anyone much less get much less get pregnant and as horrible as it is i mean these there are some muslims out there certainly not all I'd argue a minority, but of course we know that we know the minority percentage always gets always gets the most attention. Um, I mean, I don't know. I will say I don't know much about 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 Islam, but I do know that there are that that honor killings is a part of it for some people. So it's, I mean, yeah, maybe faith is being prejudiced by immediately jumping to that conclusion that it's an honor killing but given that there are some muslims out there who subscribe to that to that to that part of islam if it exists and i'm sure it does somewhere i'll have to look um can you not say you wouldn't have suspected no, no, that? Like, I, everything you're saying, I'm not disagreeing with. My point is, is that, and you said it yourself about the minority aspect, is that she's purely jumping to this conclusion because she's a, he's a Muslim. There's no evidence, no evidence, except for the fact that he's a bit strict and a bit of a dick, that he has done anything wrong. She's only accusing him because he's a Muslim, which is prejudice. You are basically accusing someone and it is. based on a minority. It's no different to if the, he was African-American and you're, you know, Asian or anything, and you're doing it based on a stereotype or something that's related to that minority. There's no way she would be doing this if he was white. And, Dabell, you know me. I don't play this that's card. That's true. I do not play this card. And, like, I, <laughs> yes, get, I, why this, I get why they're trying to do this storyline. But, like, on the grand scheme of things, I think this guy should be suing the NYPD. I think he should be suing Yokus. And, like, this is this is one thing I have r- wrong with this episode. To me, this isn't Yokus. Like, Yokus is Bosco this episode from season one. Like, she's purely jumping down on him because is he of his religion and his minority. The fact that he is one. Like, Jokas doesn't do this. And this is why I think this episode is bad and it annoys me because it, it just is a detriment to the Jokas character that she automatically jumps to this conclusion. Because she's, she's only doing this purely on the basis of what one person says. The person who turns out to be the murderer. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I just have a huge issue around the way they deal with this with Jokas. If this was Bosco, I'm not going to be that surprised. But it's Yokus that is doing this. 
maybe that's her maybe <laughs> i'm not excusing it i'm just throwing this out there because you said it's like bosco from season one Maybe that's a mark of just how much she misses working with Bosco. But but this is this. I mean, you make a good point though, there, Darvel. Like this is where they could tie this in. Like this is where they could have a scene ending at the end of this episode where she's talking to Bosco, going like, you know, like I, I, I'm sorry. Like I gave you all the crap, you know, years ago for this, but then I didn't realize this was part of me. Like tie it into that connection between her and Bosco, and have her say like. You know, holy crap, I didn't realize this was part of me. I was so wrong and I feel terrible. Like, that would be a great storyline. Like, that, you've, you've yeah. cleared it up right there. That would make it good. And I would appreciate that a lot more. But I don't know. And, like, it's, it's not like this becomes a thing. Like, this is a one episode thing. It's not like all of a sudden for the rest of this season, Yokus is the anti Muslim cop. Um, so, like, it's yeah. just kind of, it's a one off thing. It's, it happens, it goes away, and then boom. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that was great. The yeah. one episode, Yokus was a bit too much prejudice on a, another race for one episode. So, not a race, sorry, a religion. So, I was, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was, I was going to say Muslim isn't a race. But you know what I mean. Like, I know what you meant. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, and like, even here in the interrogation, she kind of like, all she's got to go on she's basically starts showing this guy like pictures of all these mutilated women. Now, you know, like every religion, race, uh, sexuality, every aspect of humanity has their bad eggs, you know? Um, yep, that's true. They have their pockets of their society where they go off and do things which they believe are for right reasons, but on the grand scheme of things are not for the right reasons. And you could easily accuse... Um, you know, people here, there, and everywhere of every that. But again, you're just you're jumping down. You're being prejudiced purely on the color of their skin, or their religion, or their sexuality. And this is what she's doing here. Um, this would be like if she's arrested. You know, um, like a white person. I'm, I'm, this is a weird connection because as I'm just saying, this wouldn't be happening if it was a white person. But straight away, being like, you're white. White people are in the KKK. You're racist. Like. You, you, you're doing a so, small aspect of the community of white people. You could do this with anyone. It's just, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I think this yeah, is just, it's yeah. really bad. It's bad police work here. And he's just like, you know, I want a lawyer. You're not going to believe anything I say. Like, he's so freaking calm here to be able to not be like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Maybe this is where I'm going to be a bit prejudiced because he's not American, so he's not threatening to sue. Oh, sorry. Was that a bit offensive to you, Kitapa? Um <laughs> No. No. <laughs> Jelly pulls her out of the room. And M- then... Maybe maybe he was maybe he was expecting it. Maybe that, maybe that's why he was so calm is that that was his way of saying, I knew I knew this was going to happen. And I think I says, maybe I this knew- is what they're implying, I think, in this episode, going back to the line when he's like, you know, I'm a Muslim in America, where everyone's out. Went. Like, there were a lot of shows around this time where they would often, you know, show, uh, I guess, the struggle. Like, I mean, 24 had a lot of that, didn't they? Where kind of, you know, yes. the red herring was, hey, there's a Muslim in this show, they must be the terrorist. And a lot of the time, they weren't. A lot of the time they were. Um, then they just ended up blaming the Russians. But when they the were, but when they were, but when they were, when they were, they always, they always tried to have a, they always tried to have a sympathetic one too. Oh yeah, you always like you had the family like, where you thought it was somebody, and it always ended up being like the mother, the one you least expected, or something like that. Um, yeah. 
So, anyway, um, they find out there's a phone record, basically, where there's been all these phone calls happening, and it's actually to the boyfriend. So this proves now, now that uh, the NYPD have actually done some uh, police work here, uh, not just accusing someone because they're Muslim, uh, they found out that he had nothing to do with it, and it was actually the boyfriend. So Yokes and Jelly rush over to the boyfriend's house. He's gotten in the car. We've got a police chase going on here because it's been a while since we've had a car chase. Uh, They end up to a fence. Um, he's sitting in the car kind of all shocked and, you know, doesn't want to listen to them. And he ends up a bit of a standoff before he just drives through the fence into the water. This leads us to Hero Finney moment uh, where Grace is getting a little bit worried. We'll tie that back into their storyline a little bit later on. Finney rescues this guy. And then this guy, the boyfriend, the quarterback, the jock, the jerk, um, he basically tells a story about how... Um, she wanted to keep the baby. They wanted to, what, run away or something like that. He couldn't do that because he had a great football career. So he hit her. She fell back, hit his head. Boom, she was dead. Um, so, yeah. And then it kind of ends this storyline where Yokus shows up to the front door of uh, the girl's family. We kind of get another one of these weird lines when kind of, you know, the mother's all like, you could have called. And she's like, I wanted to do this in person. So to me, like, this is just the writers trying to say like, hey, we're making Yokus a bit of a prejudiced bitch this episode, but let's show the sympathetic side of her because she's going to go to somebody's door and, you know, ask a coroner about, um, <laughs> you know, did they suffer to show that she's a bit sympathetic. Like, ugh. Um, and I'm just, I know there's one more Yoka scene in this episode, but I'm going to leave that to last, because I'm going to be ranting and raving about that for about, you know, the, the remainder of the 30 minutes that we have, and we're already 20 minutes into this. We're really going to struggle to get under 30. But anyway, anything more to add on this? I do not like the storyline. It's dumb. Uh, <laughs> and it makes Yoko I think it, terrible. I, I think it should have, I think it should have, I think it should have been the father that she talked to, not the mother. True. Yeah. I'll that's, just say that. That's a very good point. I would agree It should have been the too. father. Yes, I agree with that too. Um, all right. So let's go backtrack and go through all the other things that we've uh, missed out here. Uh, so, um, what am I seeing here? Missing, missing, missing. Uh, I'm going through my notes and skipping through the episode at the same time. Ah, Davis goes to see an old cop outside 1PP about trying to get advice on his father. Um, saying that obviously when his, um, dad died, he said to his mum that if he ever needs anything, you can come to me. Um, now, obviously we're thinking like, oh, you know, great, Davis is finally going to get some help here, but it turns out that uh, this guy's all like, give me the file, I'll help out, you know, don't tell anyone that you did this, and then as soon as Davis walks away, he gets on the phone and tells Finney, uh, and of course, everyone is dirty in this world. Now, um, Darvel, gotta say to you, it's been a while since we've had... Uh, one of these actors in this show who used to play a different character and come back and played a different character. Don't know if you recognise who this person was, this Chief McKinney. Um, but he has appeared in Third Watch before as a completely different character. Um, hold on. You go uh, way back to season I th- one. I thought. Wait, wait, wait. Um, hold on. Don't don't say it. Don't say it. Let me think for a minute. Because, I mean, the voice does sound kind of familiar. Did he... Was he in this band of brothers? Did he play the ESU... Oh, shit. I was going to say, did he play the ESU guy who basically told Bosco, you know... You've had you've had your fun. Let us let us get the last one. Nope. You you, you got to go way back to the the third episode in the history. You got to go back to patterns to know who this guy was. Patterns, patterns. Okay. Oh gosh. 
I'll have to watch that episode again because I don't know. All right. Who did he play? He played. Remember the whole storyline around uh, Doc and Carlos trying to find out who the watch belonged to? Yes. And they ended up speaking to the guy who, obviously, the the gay guy whose partner had died. Yes. Yep. And he was saying, like, he was never one for watchers. This isn't him. That's him. He is the random lover of Dean Thompson in that episode. According to IMDb, he played Dean Thompson's lover. So as soon as I saw him, I'm like, "Hey, wow. that's the dude who said it's not in the watch from the, th- the like the third episode of Third Watch." So wow, yeah, it's been a while since we've had a recycled character, but here is one. Um, the guy is okay. James Murtog. Murtog. I cannot say that last name. Um, esteemed actor. He's been in lots of things, and actually, one thing here, which I've been uh, into quite lately, Red Dead Redemption Two. He does the voice of uh, Obadiah in that game. So uh, there you go. I didn't actually realize that, but. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've recycled a character, uh, recycled an actor, but here is somebody. But of course, he's dirty, Darbell. He's everyone's in Finney's yep. pocket, which is showing us just how difficult Davis is going to have when it comes to this. Um, we've got a random scene, and you, and you know, you know that file got destroyed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, he's <laughs> going to come back, obviously, this Captain Guy in a few episodes of time when Finney gets caught. Uh, that's uh, CT Finney, not yep. Brennan Finney. Spoiler alert. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we've got a random scene in uh, the jail cell at the precinct where uh, Carlos and Grace are called to help out a guy who uh, doesn't want to go to the hospital. Um, and basically, uh, what's Finney kind of, um, I guess, giving Grace the uh, the pretty uh, sexy eyeball here. I do like this guy when he's like, you're not a doctor, your name's sewn on your jacket. Um, and then kind of Carlos is like, oh, we can just leave you at the first aid station in prison. And he's like, I'm walking, I'm walking. Um, it's a random scene, but it's kind of funny. Um, yeah. We have, oh, there was a, a scene, I guess, that I missed out on the whole uh, girl murder storyline when Sully and Monroe were interviewing uh, two young girls about how her dad's a jerk. Again, we've all got to believe that, you know, the dad's going to be capable of doing this. Because, you know, he's Muslim and all that sort of stuff. Um, all right, so we've got after that. I'm skipping through here. So Sally's talking to our ADA friend, Sharon. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen her. Um, and this is where he kind of says to her, like, hey, you know, say I've got this friend, uh, you know, who kept evidence of this uh, secret for all these years. What would happen? And kind of she obviously picks up pretty quickly that she's talking about him. And uh, she says, look, there's probably enough to open up a case here to find out the truth. However, the cop who comes forward with this, your friend, might be held accountable too. He might face charges. He might lose his pension uh, and he might even go to jail. So obviously he's like, okay, cool. I will let him know. So I like, I do like the fact that they keep this Sharon involved. Like, I think we yeah. first mentioned this when she first came into it. That She's kind of like a random one that just sticks around for a little bit. She's kind of like one of the nurses in the hospital that... You, you don't realise how much they've stuck around, if you know what I mean. So, I, I like yeah. ADA Sharon. We like her, don't we? Yep. Is it, and, it'd, and be nice to actually, it'd be nice to actually see her... I know we wouldn't see it in Third Watch, but it would be nice to actually see her in action. You know, I'd love to know... I'd love to know, you know, just how she is as a prosecutor. Yeah. You know, kind when of, she's questioning someone on the witness stand. Kind of like how in, like, Blue Bloods they do that. Uh, so, obviously, where we've got the whole element with... Um, oh, why have I gone blank on a name? What's her name, Darvell? 
Aaron. 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 Thank you, Aaron. This is what I love about Americans and Canadians. The the names Aaron and Aaron sound exactly the same to me when you guys say it in your accents. Mallory does it all the time. She's like talking about, oh, and Aaron. And I'm like, is that Aaron or Aaron? Like, she knows an Aaron (laughs) and an Aaron. So it's like, which one are you talking about here? (laughs) Aaron. Yeah, I say say them the same way too, whether it's whether it's A or an, whether it's an A or an E, I say Aaron. Yeah. It's just easier. Sounds exactly the same to me. It's like how um you guys say so like Daniel Craig, James Bond, like uh you say Craig, like Daniel Craig, and it's like it's Craig. <laughs> like just I love the pronunciations <laughs> of it because yeah, it's fun. Love your accent. Yeah, it is. So um we need a Finney and Grace scene because you know this needs to go somewhere, and basically Carlos is like, hey Finney, talk to her. So. Finney has this conversation with Grace, and it, the conclusion of this is essentially she didn't know that sex could be used as a weapon, and she just wants her to back off and cool things down a bit. Cool. That's it. We don't really need to say anything more about that. And we're going to have a scene at the end of this episode where Brendan's like, hi, my name's Brendan Finney. I work at the 5-5. Let's, you know, be friends. So, okay, cool. <laughs> yep, that's all we need to go over with uh, Grace and Finney, right? Yeah. <laughs> literally nothing more to it. Um... I mean, it's okay. Um, all of a sudden, though, Sully and Finney are going to be partnered up together. Um, Uh-oh. Which, which is... That's going to definitely uh, play out well, isn't it? Um, I should mention that... Oh, it's Mun- going to be the best partnership ever. Absolutely. Munro, of course, has been called down to IAB. So um, that's kind of going to play into something very, very shortly. Um, have I skipped over Davis being at... No, Davis is there. He hasn't seen Finney yet, though, has he? So I, I haven't quite right. skipped over that. Um, so, yeah, Sally and Finney in the car together. Um, I do kind of like... It's weird, like, because these two obviously, you know, had a pure hatred against each other so far. But I, I do at least appreciate, and it's weird, like, my weirdness around the Finney character and trying to read who he is and that. But I, I do kind of like Finney in the car here trying to trying to talk with uh, with Sully, you know. Like, Finney has no idea what's going on here. You know, he's, like, trying to talk to Davis lately. Uh, I believe he's talking, looking into his father's death, and Sully's like, murder, his father's murder. Um, and then I do kind of like the way... Um, Finney's here like, you know, what's your beef, man? You know, my old man said you guys used to work together and you're all friends. And I just love Sully here. He's like, you know, are you pulling, the, are you putting this on or are you really that naive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's all like, you know, let's have the balls to tell me what your beef is. And Sully kind of, you know, like, we've got a call, we're going to go. Um, we're on 29 minutes, 28. So we're not going to, well, let's try and do this in 35 minutes. All right, folks, we're going to do this. Uh, okay. <laughs> we're already running over. Um, Meanwhile, Davis is sitting in IAB. He's kind of slouched in his chair, kind of no fucks given attitude. Uh, in comes CT Finney to uh, to talk to him, and uh, yeah, I do kind of like the way um, you know he's here trying to pull this up on Finney and basically saying, you know, I think you, um, you killed my dad. And Davis is all like, you know, he's just he's just not caring at this point. I love the way Davis's attitude is going on here. But of course, remember when we said Munro got called into IAB, Darvell? What could that yes. possibly mean? That's not going to have any implications. I Davis don't know. Being I have no idea. What, what isn't there something around Munro this season that we haven't talked about? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you know, I just cannot think of what it is. I, Hold yeah. on, cue up the Jeopardy music. Give me 30 seconds to think. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
bum bum. Oh, I got it. Okay, what's the answer? Monroe's a rat. <laughs> uh, actually, it is. Who is the IAB rat for five hundred? Thanks. Uh, isn't that how it works? <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take IAB rats for for two thousand, Alex. <laughs> Oh, All goodness. right, this police officer in the <laughs> in the sixth season of Third Watch was revealed to be a rat in the tenth episode. Oh, makes it so much more entertaining. Um, so yes, we've got this scene. Of I've her- watched Jeopardy too much. Monroe is going off at uh, at Finney, like, why the hell did you have to bring me down here? You know, and of course, she's got to say the words like, you don't want them knowing I'm IAB or whatever it is, as soon as she walks in the room with Davis. And of course, Davis has this, you know, massively shocked look on his face, like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> like Now, this is the issue, isn't it, Darvell? Like, this is this should be the reveal for the audience. We should be at this point yes. going, holy Fuck, she's IAB. Like, we should be in shock here. But we knew this in, like, episode two. So, for us, it's just kind of like, huh? Like, like uh, yeah, thanks. We knew that already. It's so... Ugh, I just cannot stand this scene. The big reveal. Like, it's just dumb. And it just it's leads It's not all us- that big. Oh, and then it just leads us into kind of this moment where they're sitting in the room around the table and then C.T. Finney's all like, oh, you made a dodgy arrest a few weeks ago, you know? How about we drop this and, uh, you know, we'll let this go. So, like, this is where it's dumb because Davis has him up for basically a murder charge and all he's putting on them is, a like, a, a, a incorrect arrest warrant. Like, I'm sorry, in the court of legalness... Is that not a little bit like, doesn't murder slightly outweigh like a, a dodgy ticket? Like, I still think Davis is holding the it correct does, card here. It does. It does. Yes. But it's not exactly a stretch to think that Finney could, could blow it out of proportion and make it seem like a lot more than what it is. I mean, because he's a hell of a lot higher up than Davis is. True. And he and has all kinds of connections. I guess he's waving his cock around here showing like how much of a big man I am or something like that. But like at the same time, like, Sully is about to risk his entire career over this, and yet Davis, like, I mean, surely Davis can't lose his career over one arrest. I mean, God, Cruz, how many times has Cruz done this? And she's okay. (laughs) So, like, you know, Davis shot a guy, remember, in season one. (laughs) It wasn't even the right perp, and he got away with it. So, um, I think Davis is fine here. But then we kind of get the big dramatic scene here, Darvell, between Munro and Davis. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Davis, let me talk to you. It's like, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me. Like, uh, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> like we, yeah. should be, we should be in this. We should be like, oh, my God, this should be like a top five moment. But it's not. Like, it's just, I don't because care. We knew it, because we knew about it already. If, if, it, if this was the big reveal for the audience as well yeah. as the cops, then, yeah, this, this would be... You're right. This would be a lot better, and I think we have been saying that from the, from the from the moment of the big reveal to us. Yeah, we've been saying that from from episode two that it should have gone down like this. Reveal it to not only the not only to the cops but to us, the viewers. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And we should this we should be all up on this, but we're not. We're just we're just losing shit because it's dumb. Because um, we knew about it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to lead us into some stuff next week around this, which is also mm-hmm. fairly terrible. But this then leads us into maybe, like, oh, here I am, and here we are, saying that there's some bad stuff in this episode. But I'm going to say that there's maybe the worst scene in this episode yet to come. We do have a brief little scene, though, of Sully 
in the locker room, putting his jacket on. Brendan walks past him and kind of we get a nice little moment where Sally's like, you know, nice work today, which I kind of like that moment. He says that to um, Finney. But Yokus mm-hmm. comes home. She's got herself some, some Chinese food. Good on you. Uh, but who happens to be here? It's Emily, and she's all <gasps> happy and smiley it's and all Emily. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we get this big scene because, you know, I think Yokus is about to believe that Emily's about to say that I'm going to live with Dad. But no, the big reveal here is Emily has decided to live with Yokus because, yay, daughter, mother, daughter, finally, after all the, the terrible stuff that's happened between these two over the last three seasons, finally it's coming to a point where they're getting to know each other. But then y- Emily goes into this huge big spiel about how that, you know... You tried to be there, and if you could have been, you would have been. And you taught me that a woman can have a mother and a career. I'm proud to be your daughter. I am calling the biggest bullshit in all of Third Watch right here, right now. I've had to put up for six goddamn seasons about how Yokus is the most terrible woman in the face of women because she can't be there for her family. She's going to court. Emily's going off and taking drugs. She's getting buried in snow. Uh, Charlie's going missing, and a bloody person's going out trying to find her. After all of this. Fred's turned into a dickhead and the big conclusion here is that Emily's like I'm so proud that you're my mother because you're a strong woman fuck off this is bullshit like no I've not put up with this crap for six seasons to have such a shitty (laughs) shitty ending to this storyline do this like three seasons ago don't have Emily get into the car with dick face fuck face and then we don't have to put up the snow blind it's angry this is stupid this is I'm mad at this scene it's dumb God, I love hearing you rant. <laughs> remember that? Remember that comparison I said last year about it's like getting your mum and taking a poo on her. Like this is like getting your mum, your dad, your sister, your girlfriend, your dog, your cat, uh, your favourite DVD with Third Watch on it, and then just you know spraying poo all over it. Like it's it's just like here you go, like. <laughs> Oh Lord! I don't know. How what do, do you I think even of this re- scene, how, how, Darvel? <laughs> how do I even respond to that? I have no idea. You tell me. <laughs> I've made him go quiet. Well, <laughs> in a different context, if we had actually seen. And if we had actually seen Faith try to really to really be there, then yeah, this would have worked. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not going to say Emily doesn't have some. I'm not going to say Emily doesn't have some good points either, because in some because in some ways, yes, you could. I mean, this this wouldn't have been the case, say, two seasons ago with your absolute favorite episode. <laughs> um, but I think in some ways, as it turns out, well, minus the vampire storyline we're going to get later this oh, season, um, he, she has, in some ways, taught Emily to be a strong woman. And I don't disagree with that. I think you're absolutely correct. My, the, the problem I have with that, though, is that you can't just pull something out of your ass and be like, oh, mum, it's okay. Through all of this, you know, you've... Like, that is a like a storyline in itself. 
And I think there should be something in that where, like, because I would agree with what Emily says because, yeah, sure, she's not going out there and being every there for her kids every five seconds. But the whole point around this storyline over the six seasons we've had to put up with it is that she is the worst human being in the planet. I want to go back to season one and paint this as the exactly what Emily's saying, like... I am a strong woman who can be a mother and also, you know, go out there and buck this trend that the dad can stay home and I can go off and do this because that, to me, is is what it is. I've always seen that as the case of what that is with around the Yoka's character. And I've often talked about how she is a strong female character who doesn't need to be shoved down your throat every five seconds. Like, look at me, I've got boobs, so I'm strong. Like, we need to put this down your throat. And like, she you don't is. need to preach about this. She is. And they do it so well without preaching it to you. But, like, they can't come about this now and just pretend that we haven't had to deal with this for six seasons. Like, and if you're going to do this, if you're going okay, to do so this... What should Emily quickly? have said? Well, I'm just going to quickly say, if you are going to do this, do this in the finale. Where, like, it's the... Because like, then that's got a bit of... Like, this is halfway through the season. That just makes no sense. Because then later this season, we're still going to get stuff around Emily being alone and her mum not being there. Like, it's not like this goes away now. Like, have this in the finale and have that as kind of like a closing moment between Yokus and Emily. And Emily's just kind of like, hey, you know, I gave you so much shit over the years. And yes, I believe this. But now that I have, you know, reached my certain age and I've, I've realised this, now it come, you know, I've, I've been terrible over the years and... I need to say to you that I was wrong and that I see you've been a great role model for me as a woman. Like, have that in the final episode because then that's got a yeah. bookend to it. Like, that works. But this is halfway through yeah. the season. It's tacked on and it's still going to be down the toilet. Yokus is not there for her in a few more weeks' time when Chucky the Vampire Slayer comes along, whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> um, Dante. Dante. I'm Dante. Fuck off, Dante. Uh <laughs> Anyway, oh, calm me down. We're meant to be doing this in 30 minutes. Uh, okay, <laughs> breathe. Next week, we're doing it in 30 minutes. We've got to 40 minutes. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Oh, well, there's a montage at the end. What are we up to now? Uh, seven out of nine episodes have had a montage now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mon- Monroe's crying on the floor. Davis is looking at the water at the bridge. Finney and Grace are having a coffee or something, and Emily and Yoko's are eating Chinese. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm beating this episode. Uh, uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, good, good call. Um, I have ranked this uh, out of the bins, and I'll say I've ranked up to episode 11 this season now. Uh, I have given this, uh, what are we, 116 out of 121. So uh, I've put the spirit just ahead of this, but I have put this just above Alone Again Naturally. They're very much on par, those two episodes from this season. So, um, But as of now... As of right now, having ranked up to episode 11, this is the second lowest. So you'll be able to tell that of the next two weeks, I don't rank anything lower than this. But that's not to say that next week still isn't a bad episode, because it is. Uh, <laughs> it's still a... Yeah, Rat Bastard, Darvell. Yeah. Any dad on Rat Bastard? Not until we get to it. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll be next week. Um, yeah. I- I'm going to calm down and have a bath with some relaxation salts or something uh like us on facebook follow us on twitter subscribe all the relevant channels and as always let us know what you think of this show because we appreciate the feedback um my name is ben and uh let's read a random quote here that i've written down uh word is oh no that's from next week um you and i any better there
know what that is, but that's what it says. Well, after day. after getting after getting that off your chest, I hope after getting that that little <laughs> tirade off your chest, I hope you're better. <laughs> My name's Darvell, and we will see you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.